The time has come to get ready for the 2022 World Cup. And what better way to prepare than by revisiting the World Cup's most amazing goals? I'm Brian Phillips. I'm making a podcast about the history of the Men's World Cup, told through the stories of 22 iconic goals. The show's called 22 Goals. It's out now on the Ringer Podcast Network, and we're having so much fun. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. From your morning podcast to your fantasy team, we know you personalize your entire day. That's why State Farm helps you personalize your insurance with State Farm Personal Price Plan. It offers coverage options that help protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices may vary by state. Options selected by customer availability and eligibility may vary. This episode is brought to you by Lululemon. Guys, if you're ready for a new pair of pants, try one of Lululemon's ABC pants. They're made to make you look and feel good. And there's lots of different styles to choose from. My favorite, because I walk around LA every day, I like the joggers. I'm not jogging, I'm just walking fast. But if you're working out, I would try them out. And if you want something a little sleek, maybe business-like, maybe try the ABC Slim Fit Trouser, but I am a joggers guy. I just, once COVID happened, I was just like, I'm, I wanna wear jogging pants and joggers and all kinds of soft pants as much as I possibly can, especially when I'm working out. Ultra comfortable and versatile. ABC pants are really in a league of their own. Buy a pair right now at lululemon.com. Hey guys, it's Nora. We've got a great episode of The Island for you today. Um, Just a note that the first four minutes or so of our audio, something weird happened for my mic. Uh, We're working on it, but we used the Zoom audio for just the first couple of minutes of the show. So if you notice a little bit of a difference in the audio quality, uh, just hang with it for a couple minutes. We go back to the regular version very quickly. And if you notice a little bit of a difference, that's why. Thanks. And again, to me, one of the big stories of the season has really been just like the state of quarterback play in, in the yeah. NFL. You know, just it's been really bad. Like for if you have an elite quarterback on your team, like congratulations, because most of the league is dealing with like subpar quarterback <laughs> play like right now. on the Bringer NFL show. I'm Norman Ziotti, and this week I am here with the one and only Danny Kelly. Danny, thank you so much for joining us on the island today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Uh, without further ado, tell us what island you're on this week. <laughs> I am on the Lions. It's always should... good when you start laughing. I'm sorry, I totally <laughs> cut you off, but it's always good when I'm like, what's, what's the topic of the show? Uh... And you just start cracking up. Clearly, I'm extremely, extremely serious about this. Uh, I want to be on the Lions should build around Jared Goff Island. Think of the island like a record spinning on a turntable. Only now, that record is skipping. Oh, that is funny. That is, there's a little humor to that one. Yep. Okay. The Lions should build around Jared Goff Island. All right. Uh, uh, walk me through it. All right. So basically, that is the general gist, but there is more context here. Basically, what I'm saying is the Lions offense is not the problem right now with their team. Um, No matter how you slice it, both the offense overall and Jared Goff are like top 10 in the NFL. I just put put together some of the stats. The Lions currently are 6th in points per game, 26.3, 7th in yards per game, ninth in offensive DVOA, 
seventh in red zone DVOA, fourth in third down and fourth down DVOA. So basically, it's red zone uh, and third and fourth down. They're all playing very well on those downs. Jared Goff, ninth in EPA per dropback, sixth in EPA total on dropbacks. He has 19 touchdown passes, which is 10th. Seven and a half yards per attempt. That's ninth. 95 pass rating. It's 11th. So he didn't quite make the top 10 there. 60 QBR. Sixth. I don't know. Like, basically, what I'm saying is I look at this offense and and this team overall, and I'm like, the offense is not the problem. And it's probably only going to get better once Jamison Williams gets in there. You get DJ Chark a little bit more healthy. DeAndre Swift gets up to full health. Um, This could be a really good high scoring offense. The defense is what needs to improve. And so, I say it a little tongue-in-cheek, but I do think that they should just continue on this course with Jared Goff as their quarterback and just try and build the defense and see if they can contend right away. So, I want to talk about the Lions and and what their offenses looked like this year. But you are uh, one of our preeminent draft gurus and (laughs) I think a lot of this has to do with the offseason, right? So, let's, let's sort of set the scene there. Jared Goff is under contract through 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Rams, the Rams, geez, uh, the Lions. <laughs> yeah. That's like, I'll never stop saying that. The Lions could get out of the deal this year with um, 10 million in dead cap. Uh, otherwise, he'd be under contract in 2023, 2024, count about 30 million a year towards the cap. Mm-hmm. Uh, their own pick obviously there's there's free agents we can talk about that in terms of the draft their own pick is currently 15th and then somewhat ironically they have the rams pick which right now would be number four yeah overall so i feel like the elephant in the room is is kind of like if they are decent and if the defense got better and if the offense had the same sorts of results that it's had this season uh the Rams already. Uh, that's the second time. I've done that. The Lions <laughs> yeah. already. I'm just gonna do like six. Yes, keep doing it. Any like lean into any it. team just sort of saddled with Jared Goff in a really tricky <laughs> situation for me will forever be the Los Angeles Rams. I'll yeah. never be able to get over it. Uh, but the Lions already on their own would not have this high of a draft pick themselves. So I feel like a big piece of this is whether or not you at quarterback right. in the draft. With NFL, how much you've had a chance to like really truly deep dive and grind mm-hmm. on <laughs> CJ Stroud. Right. Tell me how you assess what plan B or plan C if it was through the draft might look like if they yeah. did move on. So part, I, I guess part of this take and, and, this just sort of general opinion that I think the Lions are probably closer than they think and, and don't necessarily need to reset at the quarterback position is that the I think the quarterback position in general is a, it's just going to be a lot of big question marks going into this draft. Obviously, um, if they have a chance to draft Bryce Young at that four spot, which I suppose there's a chance, it seems unlikely, it seems teams will probably trade up before that and grab a quarterback where he might even go first overall yeah. to what's going to be probably the Texans. To me, Bryce Young is like a notch above everybody else just based on what I've seen so far. Um, but of course, he has question marks too. He's, you know, the, the sizing is going to be an issue. With CJ Stroud, it's his ability to operate out of structure and um, you know make plays on the move when he's moved off his spot, when there's pressure in his face, all that stuff. Will Levis or Levis um, I'm, I've 
I'm, my version of Rams versus Lions is I cannot say Will Levis's name correctly for, for the life of me. <laughs> I yeah. believe in both of us. By the end of this pod, we'll get it. I've already, I'm just going right to say Will Levi's. Um, he's got a ton of question marks as well. You know, Anthony Richardson just declared for the draft. I think he's a very, very interesting uh, prospect. But again, he could take a little time to develop in the NFL. And, and to me, it's like the division is right for the picking right now for the Lions. Like they are already, uh, you know, challenging to be one of the wildcard teams in the NFC. There's just a, you know, lack of top level quarterbacks in the NFC in general. And so, I don't know. It just feels like they should strike when the iron's hot, grab a couple of like high level defenders with these first two picks. Um, get that defense shored up and then they could be a competitive team in the NFC. So to me, that's more, it's less like I'm very convicted on any of these quarterbacks or, or think that they suck or think that they're great. I'm just, you know, still early in the process. But it, to me, it's just like where they are um, as a team, as a roster, uh, I think they'd probably be better off just going with a defender or defender or two in the first round, maybe even defender plus a, like a high-level receiver again or an offensive lineman. They have a very good offensive line. They've got a run game. Yeah. You know, they can do the play-action game with Goff. Like, he's shown that he can run this offense. The other key here that I haven't really brought up that could maybe make my entire thesis crumble if it, if it happened <laughs> is if Ben Johnson left. Because their offensive coordinator, I think right. he's shown he's been extremely, um, you know, smart at, like, signing their offense, getting the most out of Goff, getting the most out of, you know, the skill players they have because they've been pretty banged up this year. So to have all these great numbers... Um, despite some of like the you know the injuries that they've had and some of the lack of talent that they have on offense is really remarkable. So I think a lot of this is built on the idea that they can somehow convince Ben Johnson to stay, which might not be realistic. Um, but I think overall, like that's just kind of like where I'm coming from from a team building point of view. I think that they should go that route. Well, there's a central question there about Ben Johnson and what he's done. And I think he's done just a fantastic job. I mean, you look at what they've been able to create with one, just a very talented offensive line, which we know protection is something that has really influenced how Jared Goff performs. But then also, you know, what he's done with St. Brown, I think in, in helping him become one of those receivers. I know Ben Solak always loves to throw out the stat of just how much value uh, on a per route run basis, he's contributed to that offense just in terms of the splits between when he's on the field and off the field for Goff's EPA numbers are like mm-hmm. the difference is like for receivers, it's it's one of the most in the league. Um, and then just the combination of of designs in the passing game and then what he's done with that running game, which again, I think just really stabilizes things for Goff has been really, really impressive. Um I'm curious how much you think and and how you look at the question of how much of this is the offense and how much of of this is the system versus how much of this is is Goff playing better. Because if you look at him this year, you can still slice it along play action, right? Like play action dropbacks, his completion percentage is 68.7% drops to 63 on non-play action dropbacks. Um, passer rating goes from 115 to 87. Uh, number of <laughs> yeah, sacks he's taken goes from five to four. Like it, he is, Jared Goff is a play action quarterback. Like we know what he is. I think the fact that they have a good offensive line has eliminated a lot of the stuff that tends to go wrong when it's going wrong with one of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um 
But there's still been, you know, I think his interception rate was really high at the beginning of the year and it's been really low recently. And and that's one of the biggest things that's helped them um, sort of have this turnaround where the funny thing is, is that they could almost be sniffing at the playoffs if certain things break. But uh, that is a long winded way of asking you, like, how do you look at system versus quarterback in this case? Yeah, I look at, I believe, yeah, the system is definitely contributing to this. I'm very split and torn on how I feel about Goff. Because on one hand, I think when you see him with pressure in his face or when he's forced to move off his spot, um, things crumble and he's just not very good, honestly. That's, I think, been established throughout his career. But he's also had times during his career when he's able to put up incredible numbers. Like when he's in a system that can support him. And of course... I don't, I'm not of any, I'm not delusional. I don't think he's like a high level, top level quarterback in the NFL. I just think that the way that they've got things going right now, the way that they've built their team, the way that they're scheming him up, um, and with some of the like talent they have still kind of untapped right now with Jameson Williams coming out, like he's going to help at every aspect of their offense, probably, if he is who I think he's going to be. Um, you know, I think that's good enough for them to win with. So this is, I think there's a big philosophical question right now in the NFL too, like, you know, how important is the, how important is the quarterback versus like the support system that he has around him? Like this has been the question. This has been the discussion around two of the whole season, of course. Um, and there's no like one clear black and white answer. It's, it's very situational. And I think right now the situation in Detroit is they have a good high scoring offense. That's pretty balanced um, that Jared Goff has experience in and he's, he's running it. And so um, just from a, like a short term point of view, Obviously, in the long term, they're going to have to find a, an answer at quarterback. But in the short term point of view, you know, they kind of feel like pretty close to being a competitive team um, for all the sort of like bad games that they've had this year and the collapses that they've had. Like they still feel really close to me. So um, that's pretty pretty much the crux of my of my thesis here. My take is that you know they have the scheme, they've got the system in place, they've got. I think the coaching and some of the talent in place to kind of elevate Goff and let him do, you know, the play action thing, of course, like you said, is, is crucial and critical that they do that. But um, as long as they can keep scheming, scheming him up, if they sink resources into other positions, um, get that defense going, this NFC, the NFC uh, North is like, you know, wide open right now. Yeah, it, it does seem suddenly very ripe for the taking. I mean, I think that <laughs> the timing element is the biggest thing here, right? Because, and, you know, I'm always a little bit reluctant, especially like I don't study it like you do, but I'm always very reluctant to give like quarterback draft takes in December just because it feels like in the, in the month or so (laughs) leading up to the draft, the league always like completely convinces itself, talks itself into like one guy who was on the outside of the elite group. And then all of a sudden it's like, is so-and-so going to go number one overall? Um, so like, you know, unless somehow you are talking about like a Bryce Young, which I don't think there's, if they, you know, say they end up with the number four pick, that seems really, really, really unlikely. Um, it's just hard to see who gives them a better shot in 2023, right? Like, Maybe right. they really like someone like an Anthony Richardson and can go, okay, let's let's make a bet here on traits. We yeah. actually look at the way that the NFL looks at, at the quarterback position right now and 
we go, Jared, you're great. You've, you've done a lot for us. It's been probably better than it had any right to be. Uh, but in 2022, 2023, we just don't think that we can hitch our wagon to a stationary quarterback, right? Like we need someone with athletic traits. Anthony Richardson's not going to give you a better chance in 2023 than Jared Goff is, but maybe there's some way of managing two players. uh, If one needs to develop and maybe you can long-term it like that. Totally. But if we're purely talking about the argument for next year, like that is the strongest argument for Jared Goff is the team is built to win how much? I don't I don't know, but a lot of games. The funny thing is, is like there's always this conversation about, okay, can you win with quarterback X? And I right. feel like for so long, the two quarterbacks who've always come up are like Jared Goff and Jimmy Garoppolo, who have played in Super Bowls. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> so it's like the most ridiculous thing. But he it is it we should talk about free agents. Um and the funny yeah, thing there's, is this, this, there's a lot of variables, of course. Yeah. Right. That like it's worth keeping an open mind about, but particularly when the conversation has to do with that draft asset, it is really hard to look at like the different ways it could work out and figure, oh yeah, here's another guy that if they were able to get him in the building, you probably genuinely have a better shot next year, maybe 2024, than with Goff, particularly because the offensive line is so good. And probably yes. if you're building your yeah. team for 10 years, at some point, the offensive line is just not going to be this good. And then you have problems, right? Because like, we've seen enough. We know it's going to fall apart. Like, well, he's yeah. a statue yeah. and he hates pressure, <laughs> but he doesn't have to take it right now. So know, it's, it's fine. Part of this whole take that I've built, like that I built the foundation of this take around the idea that like, any dominant, like position group that you have is very transitory. Like at, at some point, this offensive line is going to fall apart. We've seen this with like the Colts. You know, they were known as like having an elite offensive line. That offensive line is not as elite as it used to be. Dropping Matt Ryan into that offense wasn't as good as everyone thought it might be. That whole thing kind of fell apart. And in Detroit, like they've got a young, good offensive line um, that can protect Jared Goff and let him do what he does best. He's not going to be moving around. He's not going to be creating on his own. But like if he can drop back. Um, if he's good on third and fourth down, if he can do play action, like it's all gravy. Um, so yes, yeah, so part of it, part of it is like having the pieces fall in place at the right time. That's like the, that's the hardest part in the NFL, of course, is having the pieces all fall into place at the right time and like hit your groove. Um, so part of, part of my thesis here is just looking at like the different pieces that are falling in part, in part, in place for them. Uh, Jameis Williams coming back, you know, they could go out, there's going to be, really, really good running backs in free agency this offseason. They could maybe get right. one of those guys to like pair with DeAndre Swift. I think Jamal Williams is good too. Um, they could have like a really, you know, dominant ground game to like really help with Jared Goff and kind of get him, you know, put a little less pressure on him um, to pair with their offensive line. You know, they've got Amon Ross St. Brown. I think, again, like Jameis Williams coming in, They maybe they'll re-sign DJ Chark, who knows. But like the pieces are all falling t- together on offense. They just need the, they need the defense to like, come together quickly and it's it's been better um yeah over the last like month or so and and obviously they drafted Aiden Hutchinson first overall last year you know they got some guys on that defense Jeff Okuda's like coming around so again if all those pieces fall into place too we could be looking at a really good team like a surprisingly good team I mean I think that's the compelling thing about 
investing on defense, right? Is that it's not like they're a, a blank slate where it's like, God, you just don't have any players. You got to put something into this. Like they've got Hutchinson, Okuda, Malcolm Rodriguez, Kirby Joseph. Like there, there are, there are pieces already on that defense that you feel like, okay, right, we've right. got some, we've got some, some players checked off. We've got some roles that are filled, but you know, Hutchinson's been pretty good. I don't know that he's been like overwhelming, right? right but like right. one or two more impact guys plus just a little bit of development since they're young. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden you might be cooking. Right. Maybe in a pretty good spot. And it's funny when you go through, you know, okay, a lot of running backs who are going to be hitting free agency. They could build that way um, at that position because they're they're already pretty good there. The offensive line is good. All of a sudden it starts to look like the best Rams teams that Jared Goff was part of. Like right. it's really not that different. It's kind of the same formula. I mean, it makes sense, right? Because Brad Holmes is the one who's who's doing all of this. But you start to look at it and go like I don't know how to feel about this because it's the situation that the Rams when they were in it eventually were like, yeah, no, we've we've seen enough. <laughs> they of spent this. a lot to get out of it. Well, that's the difference though is like he's already there. They're not married to him for the super long term they can kind of get out of that, right. that contract over time versus like, they're like, we cannot do this anymore. Plus, I think they got, you know, the siren song of like the upside that Stafford brought, I think got to them. And of course, he won them a Super Bowl. So like, you can't really knock them for that. But um, it's not always like the grass is always greener with quarterbacks. We've seen that happen for multiple teams this offseason um, where you bring in new quarterbacks and like, it just doesn't work out the way you're thinking it was going to work out. So, um, you know, the Rams are, it's, it's a really funny comparison because like you said, Brad Holmes in the front office now, he's just kind of like recreating. He's going back to the playbook that they had over there and trying to make it work out. Um, obviously, I think he's been a huge supporter of Goff. So it makes it feel like this is a little more likely to actually happen this way. Um, and so, yeah, I don't know. I just think it's a, it's a fascinating time in the NFL now, especially with, I think, teams like going more to like balance run the ball, physicality, punch you in the mouth. That's like the, the Lions in a nutshell, right? And so right. Um, I guess just overall putting less emphasis on having an elite quarterback and just doing everything else well is is kind of a fascinating case study. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's wild, right? Because the story of last offseason was, I think, ultimately what San Francisco and the Rams had done basically both being like, you know what? We got, I don't mean last offseason, I mean two offseasons ago, but uh, basically just being like, we have to get better. We have to, upgrade. we have to, yeah. we've already been to pretty high highs, but they have to get higher. Like this isn't good enough. And going to some pretty great lengths in order to do that. Yeah. And the results that, I mean, look, like the Rams won a friggin' Super Bowl. They're not, they do it 20 times over. Sure. But there's a reason that draft pick right now is number four. Like <laughs> yeah. the the fall has been severe and that's not disconnected from the fact that they took a really, really, really big swing. And then obviously we'll see what happens with Trey Lance, but like right. that hasn't been, that hasn't worked out. I think it's fair to say that that hasn't worked out so no, far. People are already talking about bringing Jimmy G back again next year, you know? Right, right. The guy <laughs> like... They always come back is maybe the answer. <laughs> right. I think oh, your yeah. point about Brad Holmes, though, is is 
I'm having more trouble figuring out if I think this would be a good idea than figuring out if I think that the Lions will do this. I have to be honest with you, the more that we talk about it, like given his history, I don't think he's going anywhere. Now I can see Goth, them yeah. like, tr- I can see them trying to, trying to thread the needle with a quarterback and like developing or, yeah. or somebody who needs development. But like, I, I think Jared Goff's going to be on the Lions next year and yeah. is at very least going to be in a genuine competition to be the star. I mean, look, if he's on the roster, he's counting 30 million against the cap unless he can um, get something worked out with them. So he's probably starting if he's there, but he's at least got a very real chance of being the guy. (laughs) I think when you think about what they would actually be likely to do again, I haven't, I haven't talked to any, that's a good idea. I haven't talked to any Lions fans about how they feel about Goff. I mean, I, I can guess most of them probably just want a replacement ASAP. Um, my argument is more just like, just let the process play out for a little bit longer. Yeah. Don't panic. Don't panic at the QB position when you're getting such good production out of that offense anyway. And sink those resources into something, you know, on the defensive side of the ball. Again, nothing is ever certain. Like, you could draft a defensive player and he could be a bust. Um, but just from a team-building point of view, like, to me, that just feels like a better option for 2023-2024 versus like sort of resetting the clock and starting with a rookie quarterback and like probably having to go through all those rookie struggles. Like most of the time, that's what we see from rookies. Oh, hold up. Smell test. Go ahead. Sniff those pits. Now, your bits. Feet, toes, come on. Ugh. Could be fresher, right? It's all good. Old Spice Total Body Deodorant Spray is gentle enough to use all over your body, giving you 24-7 lasting freshness with daily use, from pits to toes and down below. So every smell test gets a... (sighs) Shop for Old Spice Total Body Deodorant. The two, like, unanswered questions in this that I would kill to be able to be a fly on the wall in their building to figure out how this plays into the thinking is one Ben Johnson. Right. What do you need to do to keep him? Is that realistic? Does he need to, you know, does he have to be the head coach? Are they going to have to fire stay? Dan Campbell to keep right. him? Is the question. Yeah. Um, and then two somewhat related is how do they see what's happened with Goff suddenly throwing way fewer picks? Because he had nine in the first games. Three of them were returned for touchdowns. So it was really, really, really costly. <laughs> it's obviously part of why the Rams got rid of him was his last three seasons there were double-digit interception years. Um, over the last six games, though, he's only turned the ball over once. So the interception percentage has dropped from 2.8 to 0.5. Uh, and that whether that's something that they view as sustainable, if he Mm -hmm. changed something, if he's responding to coaching, if they're seeing something and how he's reading defenses click, if that was the result of a process that they have some understanding of and and therefore reason to believe it, it should be sticky. I think that would matter a lot because it's not, you know... Yeah. It's six games, right? It's a month and a half. It doesn't feel like it's quite been long enough to be like Jared Goff, who's, who's 
been a pretty high turnover guy suddenly doesn't do this anymore. Because if he doesn't, then he's probably in that like Garoppolo zone, right? Where you're worried about what happens if you don't have good protection, but he's not going to make a ton of mistakes and he knows how to execute your offense and he's steady and reliable and you're going to be efficient. You're going to put up some numbers if the thing, the other pieces around him are good. If he's flinging it to the other team with relative regularity, you negate a lot of. (laughs) It's against what you're trying to do. A hundred percent. Right. Yeah, and I, just, I don't know. He, yeah. he did it so much for the first part of the season and then he's done it so little and I just would love to know what they think about that <laughs> because this is a good streak and the next streak is just as likely to be a bad streak. I think if you think of it in that way, then you think of him as a player in a very different way. If you think of this as the result of like a real change, it's different. I think with him, it's always going to be... Well, number one, you always have to take a little bit of the bad with the good because he's just not an elite quarterback. Like, he's not going to be that guy. He's not going to all of a sudden turn into, you know, like a top-level quarterback. Um, So you have to, like, go in with those expectations. But also, like, and again, to me, one of the big stories of the season has really been just, like, the state of quarterback play in in the NFL. You know, just, it's been really bad. Like, for if you have an elite quarterback on your team, like congratulations, because most of the league is dealing with like subpar quarterback <laughs> play like right now. And so to me, this is more, it's almost just like, look, it's not great, but like it could be worse kind of deal with Goff. And so, and, and again, like I looked at all the numbers, like the numbers are pretty incredible across the season, like top 10 in almost every important category. Um, he is like Garoppolo going to throw a head scratching pick here and there. And that's just something that you got to live with. You cannot expect him to be perfect. But yeah, maybe they figured out a way to kind of like mitigate some of his his uh, bad tendencies. Um, and the other thing I would say is like just watching him play, like when he was doing well for the Rams, he was playing with a lot of confidence. He was letting it rip. He was pushing the ball downfield. He never was like the most talented physically, but like he was, he was willing and able to push the ball down the field. When he started going bad with the Rams, it looked like he truly just lost all his confidence. Like he just, yeah. you know what I mean? Like he just looked like he was. Yeah, completely... well, and McVay had like so much <laughs> angst and regret over like, yeah, destroying him as a man. <laughs> <laughs> just whatever, piece happened. by I don't piece. Know. Yeah, um, but like I don't know. I just remember watching him and just being like, he he has absolutely zero confidence in what he's seeing and in his willingness to push the ball into coverage, like thread the needle. Like I mean. I just like it. It's crazy how he kind of like fell from grace because there, there's a time there when that offense was like the most fun offense to watch in the NFL, like period. And so, yeah, um, there is a, of course, I, I don't think that Jared Goff is coming back, but I do think he's probably better than he was like in the end of his Rams tenure. <laughs> That's a low bar, of course, but like, you know what I mean? I, I just feel like he's somewhere in the middle um, as like a serviceable starter, you know? And I know that that sounds terrible probably to, to Lions fans, but like, a just look at what the Jets are doing with Zach Wilson. Like, right? He, you know, came in a second overall pick. People were comparing him to like Mahomes, comparing him to Aaron Rodgers, like elite arm talent. You know, and it took them a, a year and a half, two years to figure out that they're just better off using like Mike White or Joe Flacco. And so there's always that risk. Of course, it, you know, it could go the other way. Of course, and you could have the next Mahomes. Um, but just what I've seen of this draft class. You know, I I just feel like that would probably be more prudent in their in their current situation because they're set up to like they're just a piece here or two away from like I think being a pretty good team. 
having the development on some of these young guys. You know, they just I just don't want them to reset the clock, I guess. And if the Vikings look, if it, you can see it, right? The Bears still don't look like a complete roster for as exciting as their offense has been. Um, still a lot of questions about Fields as a pure passer. Right. The Vikings, God, how many times are we going to say Vikings and regression <laughs> in the same sentence right. next year? It's gonna don't say the, the fraud. Thousands. Don't say fraud. Do not say fraud. <laughs> Whatever you do. I didn't, Danny. <laughs> <laughs> um, don't say fraudulent. Because they're not and frauds. Then, well, and then speaking of Aaron Rodgers. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's right there for the taking. Um, yeah. And it, it, the other thing is, like, it seems like the team really likes him. Like, he's mm-hmm. a Walter Payton nominee for whatever that counts for. Whatever <laughs> like, videos in the locker room. They're all hugging him. Like, everybody loves Jared. This is, like, so similar to the Garoppolo thing, I feel like. <laughs> everybody loves Jimmy G. Why do we get this new guy? Just bring Jimmy G back. Okay, Jimmy is like, Jimmy is incredibly likable though because Jimmy, this is my entire (laughs) thesis of Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, He's just never mad. Like he's just never, like every quarterback is like upset about things all the time except for Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo (laughs) like does not remember his third grade teacher who didn't believe him. It believed in him. Like Right, it's not chip on his shoulder. They're all making lists of all of their enemies and Jimmy's just like, that's fine. Everything's good. My life yeah. is pretty good. <laughs> it's really commendable. Just, I'm thankful, right. really. Yeah. How are we talking about Jimmy Garoppolo? Um, Danny. Yes. <sighs> Man, I really am thinking about this hard because w- what I feel strongly is that the, ra- the Rams, I did it again, third time nice. to charm. Third. The Lions are going to do this. I, I really, I think Jared Goff is a Lion next year. Um, the, first do- the first domino has to be what they do with offense coordinator. Because I, I do feel like if Ben Johnson leaves, there's a chance I just completely backtrack off this take. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, to me, that's the first domino that needs to fall for this. For this, you're gonna sport. abandon the island. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to like set out on like a raft or whatever. Like, yeah, you'll be like, you'll, you'll be like Tom Hanks in <laughs> Castaway. Yes. Well said. Um, I'm on the island. All right. I'm on the island with you, Danny. <laughs> I, I think now along with three or four Lions fans, probably. Yeah. Just 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 so that we're doing the right amount of qualification here. <laughs> right. It's not Jared Goff is the quarterback of the future. It's not Jared Goff is the new franchise quarterback, Jared Goff mm-hmm. forever, Jared Goff for president. But I think that they should try to just the thing that was most compelling that you said was just like, just be patient. Mm-hmm. Let it come to you because unless a certain domino it, in the draft, if it happens, although part of this is I just don't really see it, see how, how it could, like how there could be somebody at four who's going to make you better in the short term there for them. But if somebody in free agency just seems like a really perfect fit and there's good logic behind that, like maybe, but feeling the immediate need to get substantially better when everything is already going pretty well, I think (laughs) the last, you know, 10 months of football um, going on full year once we get through and see what happens in the playoffs, obviously, has taught us that there's real danger to that. And right. 
things are going pretty well with this offense right now. Obviously, the coordinator deserves a lot of credit, and we'll see what happens there. But the defense has pieces to build around. And and again, exactly as you said, the division is ripe for the taking. You know how meaningful, like, a couple of playoff appearances, maybe one little run, one little <laughs> scamper for the yeah. Lions would be for those fans? Absolutely. And that, that seems yeah. really realistic. That seems really reasonable uh, when you think about what they could do if if this offense keeps producing the way that it has been. Now, uh, the reason I think the chief danger there is sort of the complacency of, okay, we've got Jared. We're making it work with Jared. That means Jared's our guy is one. That is how we see teams hand him a bunch of money that they later regret. Do and not two, resign him. Yes. Yeah. Do, <laughs> careful. <laughs> it's not here. what I'm saying. Yeah. The other thing is that I, I really, you know, I, I think we know enough about this guy to know that the fact that he's well protected is really significant in why this is all working. And Either you have to just make part of your strategy that you have to continually invest mm-hmm. in offensive line um, and keep the ground game really stable. Either that has to be a big part of your strategy and you have to execute, which is easier said than done. Um, or I think at some point they they have to be looking on the horizon for, okay, can we get someone who has a little bit more mobility? Because in the NFL right now, I just think you need it. And I, I do, think if yeah. the protection slipped, we would start to see that so, 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 so fast. So yeah. keep Jared Goff, but like keep looking. Well, is, yeah, I think, and I mean, where I land. Maybe they go for one of like a second round quarterback this year. Uh, you know, there's a chance Hendon Hooker will be there in the second round. He's, he just tore his ACL, so he's probably not going to be ready to go right away. Anyway, he's got some mobility. He's got a big arm. I think he could probably run the type of offense that they want to run. Maybe that's an option for them. Um, so, you know, I guess my main thing is just like, don't get, don't get desperate. Don't make a big swing at quarterback when the, the quarterback, sorry, the offense is not the problem right now. Like it's the defense. So um, I'm not saying settle for Jared Goff for the long term, but uh, maybe just in but the short term. Settle for sense. Jared Goff for the short term. <laughs> maybe just appreciate what you got right now. That's what I'm saying. Wow. The grass isn't always greener. That's really beautiful, <laughs> Danny. Uh, this has been the Island on the Ringer NFL show feed. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you again, Danny, to, to joining <laughs> us uh, this week on the program and blessing us with your Jared Goff take. <laughs> yeah. And it's probably going to be terrible this week, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> we will be back next week, but for now, Sheila Capadia will be up next on the feed tomorrow, going in-depth on NFL news on the scramble. Thank you, as always, to Stefan Anderson for production on this episode and to Connor Nevins and Arjuna Ramgopal for additional production supervision. 